How many of you have a Bible? Oh, pretty good. How many of you have read it from cover to cover? Uh-oh, this is a Catholic church, right? Yeah. I shouldn't be surprised. Um, the Bible is our story. It's the story of salvation written by God about us and for us. So we really need to know the stories of the Bible because it's all about us. So as we read through it, we can say, oh, that's just like me. Or what a strange character. Why did she or he do that? And so forth and so on. And to know the Bible is to know the story of salvation. We need to know that because as followers of Christ, Jesus said before he ascended to the Father, go out into the world and tell the story. He put it this way, go and tell the good news to every creature. The good news is the story of salvation. And it begins with Adam and Eve. We know what happened with them. They sinned. They were expelled from the garden and pain and suffering and fear of death entered the world. And we still have to deal with that, the effects of the sin of Adam and Eve. And God in the Old Testament, this is all part of the story of salvation, tried to fix things. He sent the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He sent Moses to lead the people out of slavery in Egypt to free them from that. And they were freed from slavery, but they fell right back into sin. And then he sent the judges. And then he sent the prophets. And then he sent the kings. None of them could fulfill God's plan of salvation. So what did God do? Well, he didn't say, well, that's it. Too bad. You blew it. You're going to be destroyed. No, he didn't. Because of his love for us, he continued to work with us, and he came up with the best plan possible. He became, God became a human being and walked among us and taught and healed and fed people. Eventually, he died and rose from the dead to destroy the power of sin and death in our lives. So that's the, the basic full story of salvation. And again, we need to be able to talk about all those parts so that when we tell people what God's plan was, we can say, well, it began here. Uh, this was another part of it. It failed. And ultimately, God himself became a human being to make sure it worked. And it did work. Because of the saving death and resurrection of Jesus, the power of sin and death was defeated and the gates of heaven were reopened so that all of us can go to heaven. The other good news of it is that none of us ever have to sin. We don't. None of us ever have to sin because we have the grace of Christ in our lives. Now, the sad thing is, if you look at the world, there's a lot of evil going on. There's a lot of sin going on. But that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. That's not what he wants. So as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be avoiding the evil and doing the good. Now, I ask that about the Bible story because we have to be able to locate each of the great feasts of the church in the story of salvation. So today we're celebrating the feast of the nativity of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Messiah who brought about the defeat of sin and death. 
So we need to know where to locate it in that story. And I'm going to show you a picture which, in a sense, shows what the whole story of, been, of salvation has been about. And sadly, many people still don't want to celebrate that, or they don't know about it. So here's kind of a picture of, of what we human beings have done again and again. And we still do it. When we sin, we shackle ourselves to slavery. We do it, not God. God, when he freed the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt, freed them. So they didn't have to sin. They didn't have to be shackled to anything. But what happened? They got out into the desert, and what happened? They started complaining, right? And so God punished them. And again, this is the story of salvation. God keeps trying to do things. People turn away from God, and things go south. But God didn't stop. So ultimately, it was Jesus who took these off in a way that we never have to put them back on. In fact, Jesus says, don't put these back on. If you want to be a slave, be a slave to God. Just as Jesus was a slave for us. That's what the Bible says. That's part of the story. It says, Jesus became a human being, becoming a slave to serve us. Now, that's good slavery. That's not bad slavery. That's the kind of slavery we want to get into because it's focusing on what God wants us to do to free other people from sin and darkness so that one day everybody can be part of the kingdom of God. That's, again, what God wants. God wants every single human being to be saved. That's what God wants. The sad thing is a lot of people say, I don't want to be saved. I want to do my own thing. Or a lot of people are walking in the darkness not knowing that there is a God who created them as unique human beings and as a part of his story of salvation. So all of us are here today because of the story of God's love for us, because of what he's been doing, and somehow that word came to us from our ancestors, grandparents, whatever, and so we are here today to remember that story. And if, we, if you listen to the gospel, we could really say that we're here today celebrating the Christmas feast because of the angels who appeared to the shepherds, who went to Bethlehem and saw what was going on, who in turn went back to the other shepherds to tell them what was going on. And then, of course, the story kept spreading. That's what God wants. He wants everybody to know the story of salvation and to tell it to everybody. You know, that wonderful hymn that we hear at Christmas time, Go Tell It on the Mountain. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be shouting it out. This is good news. This is great news. Are you living in fear? Jesus can help you with that. Are you upset? Are you depressed? Do you know the way? Jesus is the light of the world. That's good news. And can you imagine if we really, really believe that? We'd be smiling all day long, right? Now, that would be a shock to Catholics who come into this church. Why are all these Catholics smiling? Because of the good news of salvation. And if people really had that understanding of the joy of this feast and of all the other feasts of the church, whether they're about Jesus or Mary or a saint, 
uh, we, we would not be limited in our understanding or desire to do what God wants us to do. So when we say this is good news, it's great news. It's superlative news. It is the news God wants us to take like the shepherds took it and take it out into the world. And that's where the people of the church, the laity in particular, are called to shout out this good news, whether it's at school, in the family, at work, to somehow, somehow show the joy of our faith so that other people are going to notice and, and are going to say, I want to know about what you, you're thinking here. Why are you always joyful? Why do you always have this sense of it's okay because God is with us? And we can pray for other people. We can all pray. That's a wonderful way of sharing the, the gospel message. Um, to pray with people who are suffering from something in darkness. To let them know that there is a God who loves them and wants them to come to him. And Jesus said, Jesus said that we would be able to do the things that he was doing and greater things as a way of attracting attention to the gospel message. So again, what did Jesus do? He fed thousands of people. He cured people of leprosy and blindness and deafness. He raised people from the dead. Now, Jesus says we can do that. We can do that because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Who here has raised someone from the dead in the last couple of weeks? Well, we can. Now, if we have the particular gift for that. But there are many, many gifts, but do we use them? Do we know what they are? That's part of the good news, too. So Jesus says, do and, go ahead and do what I do. And he just didn't say, well, just try, bumble along. No, he sent the Holy Spirit upon us at Pentecost. So there's another great feast and part of the story of salvation. He sent the Holy Spirit to give us these gifts, these charisms. And we're supposed to be figuring out what our charisms are so that we can go out into the world and use them. Again, can you imagine... If you know someone who's suffering from, let's say, cancer, you have a particular gift of healing, and you pray over that person, and that person's healed, can you imagine what would happen? Now, some people would say, well, it's just by coincidence. But there would be people who say, wow, something great happened. I want to know more about it. They would. They would. So, you know, we're not just these bumbling human beings. Yeah, well, we are that too. Let's face it. We do stumble. We make mistakes. But there, that's part of the good news, too. God says, if you sin, if you turn away, repent, seek forgiveness, I will forgive you, and then you get back up and you go out and continue to preach the gospel. But we don't use even maybe 1% of the gifts of God in our lives. And so we come to church every Sunday to be reminded of the good news, to be reminded of the story of salvation so that we can say, okay, uh, what do I need to do this week? What do I want to do this week to proclaim the gospel message? So this coming week, what do we want to do to proclaim what we heard in the readings today? That there is a Messiah. It's God. It's not this ordinary human being, but it's God who became man. He is still with us. 
guiding us and leading us. How do I want to make that message known? How do I want to be like the angels? How do I want to be like the shepherds? How do I want to be like the apostles and the disciples? Because each of us is a missionary. We are an evangelist. We are people who are sent out by Jesus Christ to proclaim the gospel message. That's great news. That's a privilege, a great joy. And the more we do that, the more we share the results. And this is where the church as a community is so important. We need to keep coming back each week and say, I tried this and it worked. Or I tried this, not so much. Let's try something different. Or let's try it again. We need to encourage one another and to celebrate our successes when we actually proclaim the gospel and something happens. For the most part, we're not going to know how the seed we plant in people starts to grow. That doesn't matter. But there will be opportunities and occasions where we do see how that seed has flowered. And, and you never know, someone may come up to you and say, you know, two years ago I saw you in Wegmans, we had a little chat, you prayed for me. As a result of that, this happened, and that happened, and this happened. I mean, that, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's not our power, so to speak. It's God's power working through us. So again, we need to know the story of salvation. We need to know all the important events of it. And then we have to know where we fit into it. And we do. And we read the Bible we say, well, I'm kind of like that person right now, but I want to be like that person. Peter, we know, was, well, he, he turned away from Jesus, but he later turned back and became a martyr for the good news. And we're all called to be that type of a person that even though we sin, we repent of our sins and then get back out there to tell it on the mountain and to, to prepare the way for Jesus to come into the lives of everyone. Now, I know a lot of people stop listening to the news, and I think that's a pretty good thing because it drags us down, doesn't it? You know, again and again. And, and of course, you know, the news organizations, they got their own motives. But we have a better story to tell. We have a much better story to tell. But are we telling that story? Because it's all about good news. It doesn't mean that there's not suffering. There is. Because what does Jesus say? We have to carry our cross which is heavy, it is painful, it is challenging, but if we do carry it, we will be able to actually use that cross to climb it right up into heaven. So it's all good news. So this is just one feast among many, and of course, at the end of Lent, when we get into Easter, we get into the culmination and fulfillment of God's plan, but every day, we're supposed to be thinking, here's the plan of God this is my role in the plan of God. How am I going to act it out? How am I going to write some lines in a script for me so that I can be again like the shepherds and like the angels, always proclaiming the good news of salvation? And if we do that well, I suspect that every one of these seats would be taken in future years because people are dying to hear good news People want to hear the answer to life's issues and problems. People want to be challenged. They want to know that God loves them deeply, so deeply that he died for them and wants them to be part of his family in the church. So as you go forth, 
don't forget what we have heard in the scriptures while we are celebrating every Sunday. It's the same story. But don't forget that and remember to live it each and every day. Because that's what we're called to do. That's our, our primary vocation, whether we're married, whether we're um, clergy, whether we are single, it doesn't matter. Our basic vocation as a Christian is to go out into the world, proclaim the good news to every creature, bring all nations to baptism, make all nations disciples, so that everyone can be included in the kingdom of God. We got our work cut out for us. But, again, remember that God is leading us, he is showering us with gifts beyond belief, so that not only can we believe, but we can actually live the good news of salvation. So again, as you go forth, remember this story that we celebrate today in a particular way, but the big story, too, of salvation that we're supposed to be telling other people about and living it so that more and more people can come to know that story and live it and become part of God's kingdom.